Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Well, I'm going to continue this morning on repentance. I I wasn't able to get into it last week because we got over into the gifts of the Spirit operating. And I'm just going to read some scriptures and some introduction here before we really get into the meat of it. But uh, how many know that repentance is important? How many realize that? Even after you're saved, amen, I'm still repenting. (laughs) You can ask my wife. (laughs) I'm still repenting of things. I'm growing. I'm developing. And that's part of the process of Christian development. Christians, Christianity is not just converts. Christianity is discipleship. So a lot of times people have this idea because they haven't been taught by the Word of God and and things have gotten shallow at times in our current years and generations. But people have this idea that Christianity means I received Jesus and I'm going to heaven. That's just the door in. That's all that is. After that, there's discipleship. Discipleship and repentance go hand in hand. And people say, well, you know, I received Jesus. Isn't that good enough? It's good enough to get into heaven. But you're going to want to have some fruit while you're here. Sometimes people don't realize. They think, well, I I have Jesus in my heart. That's a start. They don't realize that there's so much more available in your day-to-day walk that God wants to invade your world so much that people look at you and go, what do you have that I don't have? Amen? So we're talking about repentance, and we have a couple of texts in the Scriptures that we've been looking at. One is Acts chapter 3, verse 19, and you can, I'm going to go through these quick, so you might just want to look on the screen. But it says this, Repent therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come, from the presence of the Lord. How many like times of refreshing? That word refreshing actually means revival. It means recovery of breath. It means a cooling and obtaining or and obtaining relief. Romans chapter 2 verse 4 says, Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long, long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? So get it out of your mind that repentance is a negative word. It's the goodness of God that leads you to repentance. It's not the the badness of God. Sometimes people think, oh no, the Lord corrected me. Oh, it's just so. No, that's a good thing. It means you're a kid. Amen. So, last, uh, two weeks ago, we looked at a few things concerning the definition of repentance. And basically, we saw that between the Old Testament and the New Testament, the word is the same. We're specifically looking at the New Testament, but the word repent in the Greek is metaneo. The word is made up of two Greek words, meta and nous. Meta means to turn, and nous refers to the mind, or so it's turning of the mind. When these two words are compounded, the new word describes, in this most basic sense, a change of mind or a complete conversion. The word metaneo reflects a turn, a change of direction, a new course, and a completely altered behavior and view of life. In the New Testament, the Greek word is used to denote a complete radical total change. 
It means a decision to completely change one's thoughts, behavior, and action, or to entirely turn around in the way one is thinking, believing, and living. Thus, the word repent in the New Testament gives the image of a person changing from top to bottom, a total transformation wholly affecting every part of a person's life. It is important that we point out the significance of the word noose contained in the definition of repentance, which is mind. As we have seen above, the word noose in the Greek is the Greek word mind. This means that the decision to repent lies in the mind, not in the emotions. This is not the same as a fleeting sorrow for past actions. How many of you have ever felt bad for what you did? That's not necessarily repentance. Rather, it is a solid intellectual. Somebody say, God uses my mind. Sometimes people think, if I could just get rid of my head. No, you just need to control your head. We like you with a mind rather than not having one. Okay? <laughs> This is a solid intellectual decision to turn about face, take a new direction, and revise the pattern of one's life. I think many times believers equate the act of repentance with remorse. They believe that repentance is, not, is no more than a spiritual get-out-of-jail-free card. This gives them the right to admit their fault, ask for forgiveness, and then dive right back into the same sin again. The reality is that the true proof of repentance is personal change and transformation, not remorse, regret, and sorrow. Okay? The reality is the true proof of repentance is personal change and transformation, not remorse, regret, and sorrow. Mike, can you hand me a Kleenex there? I've got to get rid of this gum or I'm going to be tripping over it. I'll be slurring my words. I'll sound like a drunk man. I mean, drunk in the spirit's fine, yeah. <laughs> I believe in Holy Ghost wine. Just only like four people do. That's too bad. <laughs> you should read your Bible. All right. <laughs> Paul said, be not drunk with wine, but be with the Spirit of God. Well, maybe we'll jump into that later. Okay, so... The reality is that the true proof of repentance is personal change and transformation, not remorse, regret, and sorrow. Now listen to me. Do not let the enemy lie to you that you cannot change. Many believers give up on change because they've been at something, has been a hang-up in their life for a long time. That is not the determining factor whether or not God wants you free in that area. His word is the determining factor. People say, well, what do I do? Line up with his word. Line up with his word. That's what needs to happen. So, in conjunction with this is this. What needs to be realized is that forgiveness and repentance are two distinct things. They're two distinct things. Feeling regret, crying, and asking forgiveness for sins is not wrong even though many go right back into the very sin they just asked forgiveness for. Oh, who has done that? I could lift my feet. I mean, if I could, it'd be a sign and a wonder. Listen to me now. I want you to hear this very clearly because I don't want you going away condemned. I'm not going to help the devil minister. Now, I will minister conviction, but I'm not going to help the devil 
God will still forgive the repeat offense. Seventy times, and that's in a day. Yeah, thank God, right? I'd be in trouble. What needs to be realized is that repentance did not take place when asking for forgiveness. Forgiveness took place. The guilt and offense were removed. But that doesn't mean you changed yet. That's to be seen. Amen. So when you ask for forgiveness, it's, it can be a part of repentance. But what comes when you ask for forgiveness? Forgiveness. What comes when you say, Lord, I need grace to help in time of need? Because I've got to change this direction, and I'm, I'm applying an intellectual, a, a convinced decision to go a different direction. And God tweaks our lives all the way through our lives. Have you noticed? Amen. Brother Hagin used to say this to us, and we learned this at Rama. Any believer, when they start out, the path they're on is super wide. You can see it. I watch it. Especially with ministers, because I identify with ministers. I've watched it happen so many times. And then I've watched it through, through the years with my life. There are certain things right now the Lord will not let me, do, let me do that I am qualified to do. I actually, I actually have to pay other people to do it. <laughs> I'm like, God, I could save you a few bucks. He's like, I, I, I walk on gold. <laughs> you win. <laughs> Lord, I can do that. He said, I know what you can do. I made you. I want you to do this. As you walk with the Lord longer and longer, what you can do and can't do narrows. Narrows down. And he'll get you right in the joint and the socket where you're supposed to be. Kunk. And how many know this thumb does no good on my big toe? Where my big toe is. What if my thumb was on my ear? Would you think, what in the world is wrong with that guy? Who's ever heard of a thumb on their ear? What if you came, because <laughs> this, this is this way sometimes. People are like, can you hear me? And I, what if I said, if, what if I put my thumb up to you? <laughs> Wrong application, right? Just go ahead and speak right here. I'll get, I'll get the message. No. Repentance brings us into the complete, the perfect will of God. The whole will of God for us. So repentance is a good thing. Say it with me. Say repentance is a good thing. All right? And we're going to see this. Emotions may accompany repentance, but they are not required in order to repent. True repentance is a mental choice to leave what is displeasing to God and to turn toward Him with all one's heart, mind, in order to follow Jesus. We are approaching repentance or change of life in our, in, or change in our life from the standpoint of conviction, not condemnation. As we continue in this series, we must realize that God is not asking anything of us He does not empower us to do. Now, you may, you may go to tackle something in your life that He didn't tell you to yet, and that's why you're frustrated in it. He'll probably deal with something totally opposite, and you go, what? 
And he said, yes, deal with this first, and then we can deal with this. And people will come to me and they'll say, well, I don't know what that is. Spend time with the Lord. Well, you're the priest. No, I ain't Catholic. And I love Catholics. But I believe scripturally you are a priest. Come on. You've got access to the throne. Go sit in front of the throne and say, Father God, and he'll say, hey. And then he'll deal with you. He'll talk to you in your language. Amen? He'll begin to show you things. When God touches me in an area where, I, where I'm wrong, all oh, the, 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 the tears, but the joy. Because I know, look, there's a devil gate. I'm going to shut it. God's going to help me shut it. Amen? Anointing comes. Authority comes. Strength. Man, if you, if you haven't listened to Mike's teaching on Sunday mornings on lessons and leading, you need to. Manifesting spiritual realities. They're all tied together. There's nine of them that'll keep you busy. 45 minutes each. But I'm telling you, it's about submission to authority. And when you're submitted to authority, you'll repent. You'll change. Change will happen. You won't quit. You won't get frustrated and just quit. We must constantly protect our minds from, minds from the lie of the enemy that we cannot change. And that freedom and maturity will never be a reality in our lives. Our declaration in the face of failure and repeated attempts at change must be Matthew 19, 26. But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Let's stop letting the enemy define God in our lives and stop letting him define who we are as children of God. I am not who I was. I am a new creation. Everything that is old is passed away and all things have become new and all things are of God. I am a minister of reconciliation. I've been ordained, anointed, appointed to reconcile those who are lost back to Jesus because I've been reconciled back to him. And in the process of that, the Lord said to us in 2 Timothy 1.7, For I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, soundness of mind. That covers all the bases. Do you feel weak? You have power. Do you feel hatred? You have love. Do you feel confused? You have a sound mind. Well, it just doesn't feel like it's working. Stay with it. It's working. You don't dig up a seed that you plant every day to see if it's growing. The Word of God is seed. True repentance lies in the mind. So why is repentance needed? This is my first point here this morning. Why is repentance needed? In recent years, I have heard it said that churches were no longer going to use certain words in their sermons in their songs because they were offensive to those who would come to the church at the, as first-time guests. They decided that it would be better to make things comfortable for the guests in hopes that they would become a part of the church rather than speak words of truth and love. They removed words like blood, sin, repentance, hell, Satan, demons, and others. The reality is, is that if we do not speak the truth in love, people will not have the opportunity to repent and change. I have heard ministers make statements like, it's not my job to convict the people in defending their right to stay away from biblical words. 
I agree, we do not have the ability to convict anyone without the Holy Spirit moving, but we are not going to lead anyone to repentance by telling the lost or the believer who is living contrary to their nature that we are all okay and everything is okay. The reality is, is that we need to be willing to speak and receive painful truth because it gives us opportunity to repent. This does not mean that we need to attack people with truth. There's never a reason to attack or to speak down to people in sharing the gospel or in speaking to a fellow believer. Even if people are dead in sin or a believer living in sin, they were made in the image of God. And Jesus died on the cross for them. They deserve to be spoken to with dignity and respect. And this, does, this is done by speaking the truth in love. So let's look at some scriptural accounts where the word repent is used. And why truth is needed. Matthew chapter 4 verse number 17 says this. From that time Jesus began to preach and say, and he began to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So what do we see in this verse? We need to ask ourselves the question as we read this passage, why is repentance important and needed? First of all, I would say this. Jesus is the one telling us to do it. As a believer, if that is not enough, then I don't know what is. Second, I see here that repentance gives you access to what? The kingdom of heaven. This statement, the kingdom of heaven, carries two applications. One is being born again. Repentance is part of being born again and making heaven when we die. Or arriving at heaven, in heaven with the presence of God. Two is, is this. Repentance in, in, in regards to the kingdom of heaven is this. Two accessing the many blessings that have been made available to us once we are in the kingdom of God by Christ Jesus. Knowledge is directly connected to repentance. No changes can be made without something to turn to. Repentance requires that people have another option outside of what they are currently living in. It is a must, you know, with sickness. Now, Johnny praying for people, he shared another testimony of somebody that he had prayed for. What happened in that moment? This person is living in pain, and when Johnny turns and talks to that person and begins to share with them about healing, what does that give that person an option to do? It gives them an option to do what? Make a mental decision to go, yeah, I have this pain. Oh, this is something new. I'm going to turn Toward healing. It's a matter of repentance. Change. Second Peter chapter 1. Verse number 2. We looked at this, I believe, last Wednesday. But it says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice that grace and peace are multiplied in knowledge. As his divine power, three, verse 3, as his divine power has given to us the things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which, verse 4, by which we have been, have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So we can safely say repentance is needed because the changing of the mind and the direction of our life affects what we receive from the Lord. Notice that divine promises manifest through knowledge, but you have to change your thinking. You can't go, well, yeah, I received you, Lord, but I'm going to live my life the way I want, and you just go ahead and bless it. 
It's not how it works. <laughs> People say, oh, I don't know. I think he's that way. Would you do that for your kids? So he's a lot like you. Would you fund the death of your children? Neither will God. He's a good father. He doesn't give wickedness. And people say, well, if he really loved me, he'd do what I want. No, if you really loved him, you'd do what you, he wants. Yeah, we live in a culture and in a world, oh, they're selfish. It's all about me 24-7. It's iPhone. iPhone. Selfies. Oh, I don't know that I've ever taken maybe one. Yeah, you have a few selfies. Yeah, you've taken them. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to even go down that path. I'm just going to say this. If you get in the Word, you'll take less of them. Because you realize it's not about UE. I'm talking about believers now. Now, if you're unsaved, I get it. I understand where you're at. I don't hold you accountable for something you don't know. But if you're saved and you're obsessed with what people think about you all the time, Maybe a little bit of repentance. You know what I mean? Okay. Ask yourself, speaking of repentance, ask yourself, why do I keep ending up in this situation over and over again? Sometimes people think, don't you have like a prophetic word? This is one. <laughs> You're waiting for a prophet to wave a hand over you and this is it. <laughs> you say, how do you know, preacher? Because it's what I got rebuked for. These things. Well, I'm, I'm here looking for a word. The Lord said, I gave you a word, boy, do it. And I, I'm not against prophecies. You guys know that. Why has this immaturity issue lingered in my life so long? Great questions. What does the word of God say about my situation? Have I turned my life in the direction of that word? Am I staying consistent with that word? How many, if you ever want an interesting study, look up the word diligence in the Bible. You, you lose a few people on that. If I said look up, you know, prophetic words or prophecy, or if I said look up prosperity or look up, you know, all these other, all these other subjects, you get a lot of, whoa, you know. Do you know Joyce Meyer years ago retitled her book that she wrote because nobody was buying it because it had the word discipline and correction in it? And she renamed it to How to Live Like an Outrageously Blessed Life. <laughs> Hello! People line up for the prophetic word conference, but the discipline conference? No! No! I'm just going to live in wonder and keep begging God. Sorry, I'm a pastor. I just, I, I don't even apologize. I shouldn't. I just want you free. All right. Let's look at one more point here this morning. Acts chapter 2, verse number 37. This is another example of repentance and truth working together. That's kind of what I'm emphasizing here, but as you read these, you'll see change takes place. Acts chapter 2, verse number 37 says this. This is the importance of truth. This is why you want truth spoken in your life. 
You don't want to be lied to, guys. You don't want to be... Come on, we're going to have to deal with this. There's generations coming up now that have been taught, you know, that they're not what the biological uh, uh, sex they were born with. There, you have people shaming people who are saying a boy's a boy and a girl. Yeah, how can you say that? Uh, duh. I think... <laughs> I know, that's too harsh. Okay, so, but what, but what I'm saying is, is there are people who actually, I need to be a little bit more compassionate here, because there are some people that are genuinely confused. So I didn't mean to offend you if that was you watching online or whatever, or, you, or maybe you have somebody in your family that's this way, or homosexual or whatever. Maybe you do. But how can we, if we don't know truth and don't receive truth, as Scripture declares, how are we going to help somebody else? How? Um, that's why we do. We, that's why I like to promote the Big Sky Worldview Forum stuff because they deal a lot with these things. But if I don't receive truth, you know, there's a saying. How many have heard this saying today? Well, that's my truth. That's dangerous. It's very dangerous. Here's the biggest reason why. Sin always has a pay. And it's death. Now, you can love people in those circumstances, but do not back away from truth. For the sake of you might offend them. You don't have to be f offensive when you share truth. But you better share truth. People say, well, what if they reject it? Give them the opportunity to reject it. Don't reject it for them. And be like a ninja with it. I say, what do you mean? Don't just land blast them. Sneak it in. Keep sneaking it in, loving them. Show by your actions. Show by your, come on. When you go through the drive-thru at the coffee place and the gentleman has makeup on and his fingernails are painted and he has a girl's name, don't land blast him. I have my Jesus pin. You should see how he jumps. You know, it's just a pin, dude. <laughs> but see, and you say, have you had any experiences? Guys, I worked with so many transgenders and homosexuals when I was in Tulsa, going to Bible college. You say, how many? More than you. A lot. I worked in a call center. I had, at one point, I had three, three or four men who dressed as women. Guys, this was in 1999. In the buckle of the Bible belt. People can choose what they want. And you say, what did you do? I called them by their name and I loved on them as much as I could. And none of them made a decent woman. <laughs> I mean, when your arms are and your leg, it just doesn't work. Interesting. <laughs> And one of them, I know for sure, was into worship of Satan. But greater is he 
I worked with multiple homosexuals in, uh, uh, I had homosexual leave me his number. Because I'm pretty good looking. <laughs> My point is, if we've repented, you say, what did you do? Well, I didn't call him. <laughs> Here's the thing. <laughs> Here's the thing. We have to be an example, but we need to stay in truth and love. And repentance is required. Because how many have been frustrated or upset with this situation or situations like that? And you handle it wrong. You, you know what I mean? You just, you got to be careful with that stuff because they need help. They need Jesus. They need you. It's the only thing that's going to set them free, not only to go to heaven, but here on this earth. Amen? So Acts chapter 2, verse number 37 says this, And when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And Peter said, and Peter said, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of the Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So what do we see here? Here we have some verses that deal with repentance, but they also deal with the pain of speaking truth. First, let's look at speaking the truth in love. This is the day of Pentecost, and Peter had just finished preaching a message by the Holy Spirit that brought great conviction to the hearts of the people. Let's look at the Greek word or phrase in verse 37 tied to repentance. It says, cut to the heart. The message that Paul preached had truth in it, but it was preached in love, and it cut them to the heart. The word cut is actually pricked, and it means to pierce thoroughly, to agitate violently, to strike or to prick violently, to stun. How many realize words can stun? Okay? So Rick Renner said this. He said, the only time this word is found in the New Testament outside of Acts 2.37 is in John 19.34, where John writes about Jesus. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side... And forthwith came there out blood and water. The word pierced is, the, is in, in this verse is from this same root word for pricked or cut. It tells, the, it tells how the soldiers with a spear pierced, punctured, stabbed, and sliced open Jesus' side. It was a deep puncturing uh, of his side that pierced even to his lungs. This may feel like a side note, but it falls in line with repentance. How will a person be called to repentance without truth that punctures? If everybody is okay, there is no need for truth to demand change. And if there's no need for truth to demand change, there's no need for repentance. The reality is, whether a person is born again or not, truth stands. And when preached, demands of the hearts and minds of all, repentance. So this still, so this tells us that Peter's words had the effect of puncturing their consciences, causing them to feel inwardly sliced wide open by his message. Peter's listeners were deeply disturbed when they heard this, his message. That message gave them such an intense stab to their hearts that it penetrated their conscience, sliced open their souls, punctured them in their innermost being, and cut them so deeply on the inside that they cried out for help. 
The message stung their hearts and minds as they became aware of their sin. Suddenly their souls felt ache. How many have felt that before? As we present the truth to people who are non-Christians or to those who are wayward Christians, we don't need to be ugly or harsh, but neither do we need to water down the truth or act apologetically regarding what the Bible teaches. Why do we need to act apologetically? Because nobody can be offended anymore? You can't say that. That offends me. When truth is presented clearly and powerfully, it puts a sharp, double-edged sword into the hands of the Holy Spirit, which he uses to penetrate people's hearts. When the message is watered down, it dulls the edge of the blade and makes it more difficult for the Holy Spirit to slice through the demonic strongholds created in people's minds by sinful habits, bondages, and spiritual darkness. So what do we see? That a message of repentance was ministered because it caused the group of people to ask a very important question that always accompanies repentance. What shall we do? When you hear something that is contrary to the way you're living, you need to, in your mind, go, who said this? Once you hear it and you realize who said it and it's truth, then you need to say, if you're repentant, What do I need to do to adjust my life to this? And that is repentance. This is why repentance is important, because we know that it opens the kingdom of heaven to us. In other words, we believe what we are, you, we believe, in other words, what they were saying is, is we believe what you are saying, so how do I adjust my life or our lives to this truth we are convinced or convicted about? We will visit this truth more closely later, But, as you can see, this process is followed in coming to Jesus, to Christ, and in the life of the believer once they are born again. So, verse 38, what do we see in verse 38? I'm going to go back up and read it. Paul says this, or uh, the the recording says this, that Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So, what do we see? We see, first... We see that repentance was the doorway to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. And then this in turn enacts the remission of sins. How many think the remission of sins is great? All right. Remission means liberty. That means your sins are, you're liberated from your sins. You're delivered. You're pardoned. You receive forgiveness. It means the release. It literally means a release as from bondage or imprisonment. It is a dismissal. So repentance opens the door to the dismissal of sins. Thank God. Repentance is needed because it gives us access to the dismissal of our sins. How many know it's all of them? Second, we see that this repentance by the people opened the door to them to receiving the Holy Spirit. This is both in salvation and Holy Spirit baptism with the evidence of a prayer language. From what we know about the blessing of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, how many can see the importance of repentance? You have to change your thinking. How many were raised denominational, but you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit since? Look at those hands. What took place? They were born again at one point, which was a repentance. Then later on down the road, they heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, and it caused what? Another moment for repentance. 
change. Change. Amen. See, not all repentance is, Lord, I'm sorry for slapping my spouse. Or what we think is more, you know what I mean? I'm sorry for, you know, cussing out the car in front of me. I won't do that anymore. Some repentance is, I heard truth, and it convicted me, it got to me, and I went, oh, i got to change here. But I'm already saved. I'm already born again. Amen? From what we know, uh, through a life of repentance, we access more and more of the resource, uh, sorry, through a life of repentance, we access more and more of the resurrection graces that Christ has purchased for us. Before we get into more detail, a detailed look, I'm actually not going to go into this next. I'm going to save that for next week. But we need to realize this. Joy, you can come if you want. I'm going to wrap this up here. How many realize that repentance is a positive? It's a positive. It's not a negative. We need to realize this. It's about making a change, a decision to change. It's not just about... And, 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 and maybe, you know, you could be on one end of the spectrum where you could be, okay, I've never received Jesus and I need to turn my life over to him. And when you decide to do that and then follow that act of receiving Jesus, that's repentance. But a lot of times in believers' lives, repentance, you need to realize, is this continual thing that happens through your life. It's not a one-time event. I kind of sometimes wish it was that way, <laughs> you know, but it's not. How many realize we're growing? I mean, just by the fact that you know more about the Lord this year than you did last year, if you've adjusted yourself to that knowledge, you've repented along the way. You've made adjustments along the way. I'm not a pilot by any means. Uh, we have, I think, a couple in the church. But uh, how many know that when that plane's flying, if it's not making adjustments all along the way, you're going to end up somewhere you didn't want to? Even if you're off by a degree or two. You know, it's like, you could, by the time you get to your destination, well, you thought it was your destination, you'd be thousands of miles off. They're making, those pilots and the autopilot systems constantly making adjustments. Why? To stay on track. That's what repentance is. The more we align ourselves with what God says in his word, the more access we will have to resurrection graces. People will get, believers, and I've done it, we, we can get ourselves frustrated, but we're not adjusting to what he asked us to do. How many have done this? You may be in a situation right now where it's like, okay, I need to make adjustments here, Lord, but what is it? And it's probably something you've read before, and it's probably something the Lord has told you before, and you probably even highlighted it and underlined it. Am I the only one that has done that? Like, go back and read this verse. I'm like, and I'll read my notes next to it in the Bible. It's like, Oh, yeah, that was six months ago. 
So what, what is the Lord asking us to do? He's saying, make that adjustment. T turn. Stop. Stop. Uh, uh, fellow, do this. Fellowship with the Lord about the issue. And stop allowing the lie to sit there that it can't be different. Because it can. The only way it can't is if we exclude God. And how many know this? True repentance can never exclude God. Because you, you don't have the power by yourself to win against the devil. You say, yeah, I just take on the devil. No, you don't. You cannot. You, you don't have it in and of yourself, just by yourself, without the Lord's protection, without his anointing, without his graces, without his salvation, without his redemption, without the blood, without the scars that he has till today. We got nothing. We need him every second of every day. Every second of every day. His ability, his power, his strength operating in us. Amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to do this first thing uh, before I have you stand and before we release. I want to do this. I want to give anybody an opportunity to give their life to the Lord for the first time. Or you need to rededicate your life. You know, you, you know in your heart you need to repent over this issue. And I want to give you that opportunity. If you're watching online... Uh, just contact us via Facebook or Messenger, and we'll get in contact with you regarding that. But if you're in the room here this morning, you know, the Lord, this is what's wonderful, wonderful about the Lord. He's not looking to keep you out of the kingdom. He's looking to have you in and keep you in. Amen? And so if that's you this morning, realize this. If, if, that, if this this portion of this message really ministers to your heart. Realize this, God is not uh, waiting to hit you with a lightning bolt to fry you. His desire is not that you end up in, the de in a devil's hell. His desire is that you be with him for eternity. He's not looking for your perfection. He's looking for your yieldedness to him. His perfection has given you if you put your faith in Jesus, has given you the ability to get in. So if that's you, I just ask you to raise your hand where you're at. I'm going to pray with you where you're at. Yep. Anybody else? Anybody else? I got one. Is there anybody else? You, you need to know that you know that you're making heaven. This prayer will do it. It's a miraculous prayer. Okay? Let's all pray, shall we? With this one. If you just repeat after me, Father God, we come before you in the name of Jesus. Father, I need a Savior. Jesus is that Savior. Jesus, I believe that you paid the price for the remission the removal of all of my sins. That you took my sins in my place so that I could have your righteousness. I receive forgiveness, 
removal of all sin, the sin nature, now leaves me. I receive my God nature, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.